Eat Live Love Train specializes in food, wine, and wellness education initiatives. These are four transcending dynamics that play an integral part in our personal and professional development. These are not only the tenets of my profession, but also a lifestyle. For many people, they are often overlooked or take a back seat to the daily grind of seeking social sanctions. Yet they are the very components that can be life-changing given proper perspective. Talk and walk in faith. Eat. The best cuisine is good cuisine. Like wine, food inherently brings people together. Cooking or sharing a meal with friends, family, and even strangers provides fulfillment to everyone involved. Provide the body with the right information and wellness will multiply. Make the kitchen a sanctuary. Live. Self-awareness is paramount. When you're the best version of yourself and live in your purpose, you reside in your zone of genius every single day. Be a student of life, share your testimony, and seek to live out your dreams. Live a life of design, desire, and intent. Love. Love yourself in spite of your flaws. Love others in spite of theirs. We're all flawed in one way or another. Emotional and spiritual fitness is just as important as physical fitness. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. Learn to love the process of becoming. Becoming better and the universe will reciprocate. Train your mind, body, and soul. Wellness begins in the mind. Consistent personal and professional development optimizes life and business endeavors. No matter what profession you're in, we're all professional athletes. We all have to produce results. We must have optimal cognitive function in order to gain clarity and perform at our best. Learning doesn't stop when you get the diploma. It's only the beginning. If you're not open to change, you cannot grow in any of your relationships or endeavors. When these four dynamics are congruent, eat, live, love, train. They represent the delta in your personal and professional lifestyle. Change your thoughts, the way you view the world, and your place within it. Not only will you find your purpose, you'll also discover that there's nothing you cannot achieve. Food is my life, and life is my food. And with that, let's start the show. Welcome to the Eat, Live, Love, Train podcast. It's not a tagline, it's a lifestyle, and a community of individuals devoted to food, wine, and wellness. I'm your host, Shannon Thede, professional private chef, certified sommelier, and certified wellness coach. Also, proud Air Force veteran. Hashtag gratitude. If you're new around here, please share and subscribe. You can find me on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and iTunes. As you listen, this will be one of the best moments of your week where you are entertained like a stand-up, educated like a TED Talk, and enlightened like a sermon. And on this show, we discuss things that you can actually use in your daily life. Things that are practical and will enhance your lifestyle. Things that can and will actually make a difference in your day-to-day routine. And given the current state of things, I want you to be more focused on your wellness and building your immune system. The mind diet and body diet. Eating proper whole foods and omitting packaged and processed foods from your diet. Going out to eat may or may not be an option for you and your family right now. That's both in terms of safety and financial constraints. And although curbside service is an option, 
that's not sustainable every single day. Because let's face it, eating out or ordering takeout adds up and it can get pretty expensive really quick. And there's a lot of households that are more budget conscious than ever before. Currently, 65% of Americans are eating at home more often as opposed to going out or ordering takeout from restaurants. 43% expect that they will wait a little longer after restrictions are lifted before returning to restaurants. In addition to that, 55% believe they will be creating and cooking more meals from home than ever before. This data is courtesy of the folks over at IRI Market Research. This is a great thing as we get back to the cornerstone of investing and spending more quality time in the family nucleus, which more often times than not begins in the kitchen and extends to the dinner table. Hashtag quality time. You can cook a great meal at home or fire up the grill. It's that time of year anyway. Hashtag stay at home and cook. So if you're looking for an alternative and you need some ideas or a little inspiration, head over to eatlivelovetrain.com forward slash wellness and you'll receive free weekly curated dinner recipe guides. These are restaurant chic menus for the entire week. And these are not your run-of-the-mill, typical bland menus or recipes. I've been receiving a lot of great feedback from the audience. So what's for dinner? I got you covered. Every week, you'll receive new exciting menus and recipes. Remember, we are a reflection of what we eat. This will also help you step up your kitchen game and grill game. And not be so predictable and boring in the kitchen. Now, studies have shown that cooking a meal at home not only improves, but can also increase neurotransmitters in the brain, aka the food-mood connection, along with many other health qualities. In fact, in the near future, I'll be doing a dedicated show discussing the science and wellness benefits associated with simply cooking a meal at home. Real talk, this runs deep and wide in terms of holistic wellness. And right about now, people want more of what's good for them and their families. Again, that's at eatlivelovetrain.com forward slash wellness to receive your weekly curated menus and recipes. Now, it's been a little while since we've last discussed wine. The last couple of shows I had a guest chef on, Chef Inez Vasquez. It was great to have her on. And the last two episodes prior to that were about wellness. So from time to time, I'm going to switch it up like a southpaw because food, wine and wellness are, in fact, congruent. So sometimes you're going to get the food, sometimes you're going to get the wine, and sometimes you're going to get the wellness, and sometimes you're going to get all three, the Holy Trinity. Not in the sense of divinity, nor am I referring to onion, celery, and bell pepper. I'm talking about the other Holy Trinity, food, wine, and wellness. So click your heels three times, hop in the tricked out DeLorean, but you're not going back to Kansas or Hill Valley. We're going back to wine, specifically back to the future of winemaking. The future of winemaking, a.k.a. viniculture. In the near future and beyond, there are a multitude of variables that will affect all segments of the wine industry. We're starting to see some of that come to fruition right now. Some of these will be in the form of challenges as well as opportunities for business on a global scale. This includes the winemaking community. These changes range from vineyard production and practices, environmental conditions, to marketing tactics and strategies, 
as the industry interacts with consumers. Now, in order to determine the future as best we can, we must look back at the past while at the same time being cognizant of the present. What do we know that has worked or has not worked in the industry thus far? Certainly, technological advances in science have played a role in making better wine quality. Conversely, the same can be said for making wines that have been manipulated so much that it has resulted in degradation of quality. This segues into the importance of continued education in the future of winemaking. Now, big shout out to the University of Cal Davis as they've been a huge proponent in the advancement of wine. Along with its research, winology department, and new sustainable initiatives, it has been streamlining conventional processes while at the same time testing new developments. This school and many others across the world will be an integral part in the future of winemaking, specifically by having discussions on ways to implement new tech into winemaking while addressing topics that improve vineyard management, robotics, and reducing the carbon footprint. Additional topics in the way ahead towards facing key issues across the wine spectrum in regards to quality, processing costs, and sustainability of natural resources and innovation will be paramount. Research and development teams of various organizations have and will continue to outline specific benchmarks and techniques that have led us to some remarkable discoveries in wine. Other examples of what has worked and will continue to work are efforts in the cloning of grapes and interfacing data allowing the industry to share information technology on a global scale. This extends to better irrigation management systems, smoke contamination, harvesting times, and estimations in yield and quality of grapes. Now, information management systems have allowed for winemakers, producers, and industry executives to assist in purchasing, forecasting, distribution, as well as marketing operations. This will be an enduring campaign in the future of winemaking. These technologies enable the consumer to have more transparency on not only the winemaking process, but the entire spectrum. As buyers are more tech savvy, they also represent an important segment as we shift from one generation of consumers to the next, millennials. Millennials are not only shaping the future of the industry, they also have a vested interest on what happens moving forward. This demographic has already started to surpass baby boomers as the largest consumers of wine. As time progresses, it will not be long before they replace Generation X. Therefore, it is imperative for viticulturalists and viniculturalists to know what are their primary concerns about the winemaking process. For starters, winemakers will have to embrace technology, like it or not. We're starting to see that now. This alludes to winemakers and producers embracing complete transparency with their winemaking techniques and labels. Given millennials are the first generation to grow up in a technological age, they represent the hardest consumers to satisfy. In contrast, baby boomers were easier to satisfy. However, millennials are more challenging given the popularity in varietal trends, food and wine pairings, and new age wines. Before they purchase, they want to know the real deal on what's going on behind the scenes in the vineyards. Simply put, this generation has and will continue to reconstruct how the industry moves forward in winemaking. Winemakers and distributors will have to readjust how they market, produce, and distribute their wine. 
vintners and producers that fail to adjust to this generation run the risk of being irrelevant. Despite the uncertainty inherent with the future, producers can take solace in knowing they control their own fate. Winologists have played a pivotal role in the outcome of what we are able to enjoy today. Because we are a young nation of growing vines, as we venture forward, there will be more highly educated and well-informed winemakers to step onto the stage. There is no better place to look than the epicenter of the New World Wine, Napa Valley. With keen industry thinkers such as Steve Mathiasen, John Williams, Carol Meredith, Nick Goldsmith, and many others, the future looks bright. Producers today are more in alignment with not only green initiatives in terms of organic and biodynamic practices, they are also learning ways to be better at the craft of vineyard management while at the same time develop innovative approaches to the industry holistically. However, no matter how great the technology, innovation, or bio-savvy the practitioner, there is a challenge that presents itself on a global scale. Climate change. Now, despite senior leaders and other naysayers that elicit climate change as being a fake theory or simply non-existent, those in the wine industry know this is simply not true. It is seen as both a steadily growing trend and a threat. In the past several years alone, the influx in temperature change has seen dramatic shifts all over the world and farmers and vintners are feeling the effects. These implications have adverse effects on grapevines overall production capacity. Variables such as bud break, bloom, Verizon, and harvest dates are happening earlier each year. Verizon alone has some impacts in yield because if it ripens too early, it changes the integrity of the grape ranging from increased sugar levels to increased alcohol levels, which ultimately changes the characteristics of the wine. If photosynthesis will be altered, this can lead to undeveloped grapes, which yields a wine that has an herbaceous or vegetal notes. This means that producers must harvest the wine sooner than usual. Some are also being forced to plant different grape varietals as an alternative, but this is only a temporary fix as many grapes cannot handle the increasing heat, such as Pinot Noir. This grape varietal is of significant importance because it's versatile, yet still fragile. Causing producers to switch grapes is also an expensive measure in terms of overall farming. Producers will have to give some deliberation and thought as to which varietals to plant for the future. Grapes that have a tolerance for heat, such as Carignan, Tempranillo, and others, may find their way in new regions. And yes, current Cabernet Sauvignon producers can still rely on their crop, but as temperatures increase, hang time for grapes have to be compensated for and will vary from region to region and site to site. This will make viticulture and viniculture management even more cumbersome. However, it will also allow areas that were once too cool to grow a particular grape now be able to do so. Moreover, in terms of competition, depending upon how it affects Oregon and Washington, it could project them into prime growing regions for other types of varietals that were once dominant in other areas. With the onset of global warming, this will also mean more potential wildfires for regions in the West, causing concern for aspiring vintners to go elsewhere, maybe even prompting current vineyard frontrunners to relocate so as not to risk higher chances of devastation. 
That requires tremendous insight and even more resources. The choice is not easy. The future of winemaking is not totally clear. No matter which argument is made, traditional winemaking has evolved and will continue to do so. With organic, biodynamic, and natural winemaking on the rise, consumers will still have various wines to choose from. Being cognizant of the up-and-coming change agents, aka millennials, and adapting to their palates will be paramount. Many locations around the world cannot be content or run the risk of being complacent. Various states across America, still in the beginning stages of their wine culture, may in fact be new industry leaders 20 years from now. The old business adage of what got you there will keep you there may or may not apply. In terms of strategy, the conventional rules of engagement in business almost always apply, but not necessarily in the wine community. There is always an exception to the rule. The wine industry is not only an exception, but also at times an anomaly. These are my thoughts, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say on the subject matter. There's always more room to share. There's always more room to discuss. You can reach me at chef-song at eatlivelovetrain.com. I'm your host, Chef Shannon. Please share. Please subscribe. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen. I'll see you next time. Remember to eat, live, love, train. Where there is no wine, there is no love. Be great. Be safe.